now. Ooh. This is what we all came Come for. Come on, it is. Let's be honest. Let's do this. And our speaker tonight mm. is my youth pastor. Come on. Growing up. Tell now, a lot of you, yeah. a lot of you know my testimony. When oh. I came to youth, oh. one week I got caught oh. with alcohol in my bag. Get him. John Mez was the guy that caught me with it. And you know what? He still chose to love me. He still accepted me Amen. into this very youth Amen. ministry. And what you see here is actually an establishment. It's been built off the shoulders of this mm. guy. This is, what he's a, a general of, of nations youth. Come on. And so we need to Come give honour to on the incredible feet. man of God. Get on your feet. About to bring Get the on word. your feet. So I stand in your feet. Yell, shout, give it up for Pastor John, John Mez. Come on, let's lift a shout of praise to Jesus. Come on in this place, front to the back, left to the right. Come on, lift him up. Nations, I heard you guys are passionate for Jesus. Come on, give him more praise than me. Come on, let's give him praise. Awesome. Turn your neighbor and say, you are super good looking. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm sorry I didn't turn to you first. Grab your seats. So good to be in the house. Awesome. Awesome right now. Hey, uh, it's so good to be here. Someone came up to me and said, are you new? I'm like, no, I'm old. They're like, and they, they look strange. I'm like, I'm so old that I've come and gone, everyone. And now I'm visiting back again. And it's so good to be with you guys. Who... Who remembers? Does anyone remember me, youth pastoring here? Anyone? Cool, cool. There's a couple of people. For everyone else, I'm John Mez, and it's so good to be here. Uh, unfortunately, Sarah couldn't be here because uh, my daughter, Lexi, she's sleeping at 7 o'clock. Um, but before I came, I, um, I got a video recording of her. Uh, do you want to see it? Is that, is that cool? Sorry for all the guys here that couldn't be stuffed about my daughter. I'm really sorry, but for all the girls here that really want to see it. Thanks, Pi Nations. My name's Lexi. Hi, My name's Lexi. Yay. That's her giving kisses. That's her giving kisses. Ah, uh, so good. Honestly, it, it's, it's so great to be in the house and to be back in the house and to come back. Uh, you, 05 was when I started our first fuel program right here for your six, sevens, eights, and I know you guys are like, you're old. I am, I am a little old, but we're gonna get into it. So uh, let's open our Bibles to Matthew 14, verse number 12. Come on, anyone excited about reading from the Word of God? Hey. Did you know this book is the number one most stolen book in the whole entire world? Did you know? Did you know that not only is it the most stolen, it's also the most illegal book. In some countries in this world, if you get caught with this book, you get thrown in jail. In some places, did you know this book also is not only the number one most stolen book, number one most illegal book, but it can change your life because it's God's Word put in on paper. And so we're going to read right now from Matthew. Let's check it on the screen. And I'm going to read. It says here, immediately, are we? Yes, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Everyone say boat. boat. 
and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Everyone say pray. pray. Of course, he's talking to his daddy. All right. Then it says here, now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. That means wild. It was crazy. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Ah! It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. Yo, what's up? It's I. Do not be afraid. Next. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, if it's you, come, um, sorry, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And, and when uh, Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. Sorry, it's hard reading from this angle to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was blisterous, boisterous, everyone say boisterous. boisterous. Oh my gosh, you're so boisterous. Gosh. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, everyone, everyone say, ready? One, two, three. Hey, we can do it with a bit more drama, 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 drama. Come on, drama students. You ready? Oh, come on. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's better. I love it. Lou's like, ah, Lord, save me. Oh. Still got it, everyone. Still got it. Still got it. Lord, save me. <laughs> Where are we? And immediately, everyone say, Jesus. Of course. Stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you little faith. Why did you doubt and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Awesome. The title of my message is Bringing Faith to Life. Come on, let's pray. Close your eyes. Father God, I just pray that tonight wouldn't be my words, but they'll be yours. I pray, open up every heart in this place that we would hear your words and your revelation. And God, we pray for Daniel Ricciardo. May he win this weekend and do really well in the Formula One. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Has anyone been on a crazy boat ride in a stormy condition? Anyone been on a crazy boat ride? When I was in high school, year 12, we went and we went on this excursion to Rottnest. Unbelievable, I love I love excursions, but to Rottnest, it was like the best. No school, yes. Rottnest, sunbake, watch fish in the water swim and walk and walk and ride a bike and realize why aren't there cars that you can just hop in and go to where you need to go. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Rottnest. And so on the way, as we rocked up at Fremantle at the dock, we rocked up early in the morning and it was a raging storm that had come in. And so much so, we didn't know where the we were going to go. And uh, as we went there, 
uh, people came out and said, oh, we're not running today. And it was like the Captain Cook cruises. And we were like, oh, okay. But we weren't on the Captain Cook cruises. And then there was the other one. I think it was Rottnest Express. And then there was another brand of boat that was a no-name cheapo school. You know, Melville Senior High School. I was in Melville Senior High School, everyone, just up the road. You know, we can't afford Captain Cook Cruises. We can't afford Rottnest Express. But you know what? We could afford... It, it's like the black and gold brand of getting a ferry over to Rottnest, if you know what I'm talking about. And so there we are, and they said, oh, we're still running. Of course they're running. Of course the black and gold brand is still doing it. Of course, they probably don't have lawyers to tell them that it's dangerous and don't do it and you're not going to survive. So anyway, we all get in, and before the teacher let us go on the boat, uh, they quickly just clarified with them, if anything happens to all of our students, that the school doesn't get sued. And the guy's like, yep, we take on all responsibilities. He's like, go for it, guys. You know, So there we are, we get on this boat, and as we we're coming out of the harbour of Fremantle, heading towards Rottnest, as we came out of the heads, out of the harbour, all of a sudden, you could feel the swell. Now, swell on the calendar for that morning was five metres swell, Okay. But then the seas on top of that was six and a half meters. So we're talking about waves that are bigger than this roof, everyone. All right? And as it's coming out, all of a sudden he's like, we're just, we're just going to like full steam ahead. And just before that, some people came around. They're like, hey, can you please go to the back of the boat? Uh, because there's less movement as the boat goes up and down. At the back, there's less movement at the front. And we're like, no, no, no. We want the movement. You know, we... <laughs> We, we want the action, you know, so we're right up the front and we're getting ready. And as we go out, this, the boat literally torpedoes straight out of the water. I reckon all of the hull came out of the boat, but I wasn't outside watching everyone. But it came out and then all of a sudden the boat just went down and then smashed into the bottom of like, I don't know, the, you know, there's high water and then low water, all right, the bottom of the wave, I guess we could say, and then smashed down and he heard this almighty thud and I'm like is this boat gonna break up and all of a sudden the captain sort of slows down a little bit more and for 25 no I think it was like meant to take 25 minutes it was like for 40 minutes we were going up and down and it was like a roller coaster it was have you ever been in that place where you know how you your, your pants sort of riding up a little bit and so you're on your seat and you sort of just push forward like that anyone done that before yeah yeah you know we all do that right so I did that, and as I did that, I just flew up into the, into the sky, and I felt the ceiling, and I was like I was floating, and then I went straight back down. I was like, whoa, it's, it was wild. It was going up and down. People are vomiting. You can smell vomit. Oh. Any, any sympathetic vomiters in the house? Yeah, it was like that. It was pretty terrible. But then, as I was looking up the front, there's a kiosk. And there's a guy in the kiosk. And the guy in the kiosk, I see him in this one wave. It was like this huge wave that we were cru cruising down. And he, he was floating everybody. <laughs> not, like, not just like this. He was floating sideways. <laughs> and I could see him rise up above the kiosk thing. And his whole body. It was like, who are you? like genie or something, you know, like, it was floating up, and then all of a sudden, he vanished, and you heard this almighty thud, and then as soon as that happened, you saw people scream out, quick, bring the first aid, and people are bringing first aid, there's like blood oozing out, you know, he, he's still alive, everyone, he's okay, he made it off, 
He just had to get some bandages and all that. It was wild. This storm was ridiculously crazy. I've never been out on the water on anything that crazy, on any seas. Any, and I can think in that moment of time, I can start to realize maybe what, what the disciples are thinking. So we've got to remember what's going on right here and what, what was going on um, with, with uh, I guess, with what's going on in the story. They're thinking, what is going on? Like they're getting sent out. Jesus sends them out and they're like, we're in a storm. Now we're talking about faith, right, tonight? Bring faith up. Has everyone heard a lot about faith? What is faith? We hear it all the time. And in Hebrews, it talks about um, faith. It says, Hebrews 11 verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Did you know that in the early days, like just after Jesus died and the early church is starting up, that you weren't called a Christian? A Christian, that came up, up ages, ages later, like years, like 50, 60 years later. Christians came into being labeled Christians, it was actually people of the faith, people in the faith. It was all about believing in something that maybe you haven't seen yet. Now, the faith of some things hoped for and things not yet seen. Did you know that God has purposed us, right? His youth, His church, His people to be people of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're meant to be a person of faith. When, when I started Fuel in 2005, were you guys still alive? Did anyone, anyone wasn't yet alive in 2005? Yeah, thanks guys. We started Fuel 2005. There was 16 of us. There was, there was three or probably two rows and there was five aside, and there were more people on the stage in praise than on the floor in praise. But in my heart, I saw this youth ministry being a youth ministry that was packed. People, lost people coming in, people finding Jesus. But could you see it in the reality? No. But look at it now. Look around now. Look, there's a little bit more than 16 people in the building. And you know what? Not only is it in here, but it's also in another, what, two, three locations, not only here, but around the world. Another one starting up over, you know, in Corgan. All that is crazy, but it started. There was a purpose. There was a plan that God had, but I couldn't see it in the reality. Because in the church, in the kingdom of God, you see it first in your heart before you see it with your eyes. You see it in your heart first before you see it. We are people of faith. So how do we bring faith to life? When God puts a calling, something on your heart that you are supposed to do or that God wants you to be and you can't see it yet, that's what I'm talking about, about faith. Maybe God's put on your heart someone that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know that He loves them and He died on the cross for them. Maybe He's put on your heart to share with them. Hey, they're not there yet, but when he puts on your heart, that's where it starts. And that becomes faith. That becomes faith inside you. So how do we bring faith to life? The first thought, that if God has called you to it, he's called you through it. 
If God has called you to that, if God has put a purpose inside your heart that He wants you to live out, if God's called you to it, He's called you through it. Jesus and His disciples, they just fed 5,000 people. That's a lot of people, right? On three Philo-Fish value meals. You know, like there they are. And they fed 5,000 men. On top of that, women. On top of that, kids. So we're talking about 15,000 people were fed from three fillet o fish McValue meals back in the day, everyone. God just, oh, you know, and then they just started breaking up the McNuggets and the McFish and all that, and it just kept on going. It's ridiculous. Now, after they finished that, Jesus was like, all right, you guys get on the boat, cruise across the, uh, the other side. And like, yeah, cool, cool. And then as they were going across, obeying God's plan and purpose, they found themselves in the middle of a storm. You know, um, they've been paddling and now it's 4 a.m. in the morning. I don't know about you, but when you're paddling all night, you're in the middle of the sea right now. It's 4 a.m. in the morning. The seas are coming in. It's blowing. I believe in this moment, the first swear word of Jesus was made. As they were there, 4 a.m., they're, they're feeling like they're going to die. They're like, Jesus. Jesus told me to get into this boat. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. That's what... I reckon that's what they were thinking. We, we sort of think that these disciples were my age, like in their 30s, right? Early 30s, also late 30s, also older 50s. Anyone agrees? Yeah? Disciples? Yeah. They're like old people, right? They're, they're people that are mature. They're people that, you know, know it and are pretty good picks to choose to like start a church. Did you know that every single person apart from Peter was under the age of 20? <laughs> Did you know that John in the Bible, the guy that writes John, the book of John, do you know that John was 12 years old? Yeah. Do you know why? You know how like Jesus is there and he's reclining and then all of a sudden, one of his disciples, the disciple who Jesus loved, John, goes and lays on his breast. Imagine if that was a 50-year-old. That's wrong. But a 12-year-old, oh, I can understand that. I can, yet yeah, John, that people who study the Bible and spend their whole life studying, reckon they was 12 years old. So when we're thinking about this boat now with the teenagers, Jesus' youth ministry, everyone, the start of the church, you're not thinking grown men going, oh, we can do this. You're thinking of you. <laughs> We're all going to die. You know, just think about it. You're in the middle of the sea. It's going crazy. The boat is everywhere. And there's pieces of the boat breaking off. <laughs> Jesus. Set it out. You're going to die. That's what they're thinking. But, you know, it's in that time that just because Jesus said go doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing sometimes we think oh my gosh this, this is a little bit hard it can't be god it can't be god oh my godness oh my godness but just because god said go doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing 
just because God maybe spoken to you about stepping out in faith and sharing your faith and seeing someone else's faith brought to life doesn't mean it's going to be easy doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing and it's all going to be like I said Jesus loves you and they said oh my gosh pray for me you know what I mean we think that so if God has called you to it he's called you through it see what would have happened if they just gave up and you said oh well I'm not going to paddle anymore in your faith when you stop paddling you don't stay in the same place you actually drift backwards you don't stay in the same space if you if you stop in your engagement with God and loving God and following Jesus if you stop paddling if you stop doing where he's what he's told you to do and going where you've he's told you to go you don't just stay in the same place everyone you just go wherever everyone else is going you just go wherever the external you know forces of nature are pulling you in your space but I love it how Jesus comes in and he's just strolling he's a dude he's just he's surfing everyone he doesn't even need waves. he's made the waves he's just on there just whoa what's up you know he's probably doing like some Michael Jackson like you know he's going in there and then they're like oh it's a ghost they're freaking out and like if it's you Peter says tell me to come it's amazing that right there the disciples would have been clinging to the boat clinging to what they know but Peter clinged to something that he knew it wasn't the natural part of a boat but it was saying that was way more powerful and secure than the boat everyone else was like oh the boat Peter would have known more about boats because he'd been a fisherman for his whole life and he was 40 years of age than anyone else and he knew that this boat maybe it was going to break away maybe it was just going to be crashing all that he knew that it was safer with Jesus than safer with the boat and as he steps out, it's amazing that they say here in the scripture that they're afraid, that they're scared, that they had fear in them. And Jesus is saying, don't be afraid, I'm here. Sometimes we think that just because you have fear, you can't have faith. That's wrong because these disciples were fearful. These, these disciples were screaming like pansies. Ah, we're going to die. Oh my gosh, there's a ghost they were fearful so that means that if you can have fear and faith at the same time that means that the opposite of faith can't be fear a lot of us a lot of people think oh the opposite of faith is fear no no it's actually the same definition one's just positive and one's negative but I want to propose that the opposite of faith isn't fear but it's certainty The opposite of faith is certainty. That means that if you know it, it doesn't it's not faith. So if you step out, as Peter went and said, hey, if you say come, hey, I'll go. Whatever, you, if you call me, Jesus says, come here. He stepped out. Was he fearful? Yes. Did he have faith? What was faith? If the opposite of faith is certainty, that means then faith is uncertainty. He stepped out on what was uncertain. And that was where God did his miracle. The problem is, none of us want to step out in things that are uncertain. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. It's not, God hasn't shown me everything. Hey, he doesn't. He, lets, he leaves this space of uncertainty so faith can happen and he can move. In your life, you've got to get over, you just got to go, hey, I'm going to step out into uncertainty. A lot of the time, we always we want to 100% know that God's called me to do that. 
Well, he's not going to do that because he wants to leave a faith space for you to step out on. So Peter then turns the whole thing. So in there, it means, I want to propose that the fear you have and face in your life is actually the key to unlocking great faith in your life. The fear you have in your life. The fear of what might my friends say if they know that I'm a Christian. The fear, that fear will be the key to unlocking great faith in your life. A lot of the time, we just cruise. We take a faithcation. We live a faithcation where our faith is on holidays and we just follow Jesus and we just, you know, but we don't let anyone know because we're on faithcation. But hey, we, we need to get into it. And so the amount of faith. Lou, why don't you come up here? We're going to quickly, let's bring out the ladder. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about... Lou needs a ladder, right, everyone? She needs a permanent ladder. No one got that? Sorry. Was that a bad joke? Sorry. Does, everyone else doesn't do short jokes, do they? No, that was, that was a 2006 thing. So, let me just quickly grab this piece of rope. Did anyone see this rope? Was anyone like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do with that rope that's hanging from the ceiling? That's a bit higher than what I remembered. Okay, Louisa, are you able to just jump up here? Let's just make sure that your harness is on. That's on. Okay. Do you want to slowly lower yourself? That's it. All righty. Everyone, Louisa. Yeah. Woo. All right, quickly, let's um, put the mats underneath her just in case. Yeah, that'll be good. I need the ladder because maybe that's all right. Maybe, who knows. Okay. So who's got faith in this rope that it's going to hold Lou up? Yeah. Yeah. Now let me get my trusty old Bear Grylls knife out. All right. Who wants to see if I can cut the rope? Okay. Who loves Lou, everyone? Yeah. Lou is putting her life on the line for all of you young people. Oh. 
All right, so I've, cu I've cut quite a bit of it. Let me just cut this one off. All right, so right there, we've cut the whole outer of the rope. And now, <laughs> who wants to cut? I'll cut the middle. Let's just, let's try and. Well, that didn't work, did it? Everyone, let's just bring it up for Lou. That's crazy. So I cut the outside of the rope, but the middle was still good, and it wasn't until I tried to halve it, it broke. You know, a lot of the time in faith, we think that you've got to have big faith. We think it's the side, it's how much faith you have. But the reality is, even if you've got if you, all the fraying and all that, if it's holding, it's faith, right? You could have a small amount of faith and you can be fine. It doesn't matter how big or small your faith is. It just matters that you've got some amount of faith. In fact, Jesus goes on to talk about a mustard seed says here in Matthew 17, verse 19 to 20, why couldn't we drive it out? They, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that, this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So hey, small faith is different from little faith. Do you know, if you've got... As, Faith as small as a mustard, so a tiny amount, you can move a mountain. That means that situations and circumstances can move if you've just got a tiny little bit of faith. But he said, hey, you have little faith. What did he say to Peter? Oh, you have little faith. Do you know what little faith means? It means, let's put it on the screen, short or brief. It's not talking about the amount, it's actually talking about the length of your faith the time of your faith. That little faith is when I've got faith now and then I don't have faith. Where it doesn't matter how big your faith is. If you've got as faith as small as a mustard seed, hey, it's going to hold you up. Hey, it's going to be all right. And I think in our life, we think we've got to have huge faith. But hey, little, it just needs to keep on going. Your faith just needs to never stop. You just got to lengthen your faith. So in saying that, in bringing faith to life, Jesus comes down and picks him up because your faith is only as strong as what it's connected to. If your faith is an anchor, well, if it's not connected to anything, it doesn't matter. It's not going to work for your boat, is it? It's only when a chain is connected. Um. What is your faith connected to? Is your faith on your image and on your friends and on all the cool stuff that you have in your life? Or is your faith on Jesus? Because no matter what storm you're in, He'll always get grab, grab you out. He'll always pull you out. You know, faith brings faith to life. Faith is contagious. Your faith will bring someone else's faith to life. But if you never step out in faith, they'll never find theirs. We're Jesus' hands and feet. 
faith. The whole point of these gifts, of being equipping the saints, of being equipped, is not so you can be equipped. It's so others can know more about Jesus. Because faith brings faith to life. You know, on that rottenness trip, when we got there and all that, that first night was storming and everything, and everyone was like, uh, hey, we're going to go tell some ghost stories. Do you want to come? We're going to go to the cemetery. I'm like, yeah, I'll come. So we went. After food and all that, we went and we walked to the cemetery in Rotnest. And when we were in there, um, we are sitting down and we grabbed the torch on, on our face and people started to tell like ghost stories. And then I felt faith rise up in me. And I felt God say, hey, you could tell your story. You could tell your ghost story, John. So you know what? I, I said, oh, I came up to my turn. Hey, I've got a ghost story. This one day, you know, you, don't, you probably don't know my story. My, basically, my dad passed away three months after I was born. He, he actually committed suicide, jumped in front of a train. So I grew up, Palmyra, me, my older half-brother, and my mum. And as we grew up, I had troubles in speaking. I used to stutter all the time. had troubles with my hearing. And in school, I was flunk. I was failing everything. But it wasn't until I just wanted to be cool hang out with the cool guys that I found myself in this space where I was going to parties, started smoking marijuana the age of year six just because it was around. And in this space where trying to fill myself up with so much stuff, but I felt so empty inside. No party, no drug can fulfill you. Yeah, you might feel good for that moment, but then you, you go back to feeling empty feeling lost and it wasn't until I was in a place like this at the back and I came up to the front and I literally just had a God encounter and it was like God just came His love came into my life all the problems all that sort of stuff I felt like it just came and it was like chains it just fell off my shoulders and I was free for the first time and this is what I told these people in this circle in a cemetery on Rottnest Island and I'm like everyone in this place can you just bow your heads and close your eyes I kid you not, because I heard it in youth, right? And I'm like, hey, if you want to have this same encounter and if you want to know Jesus and love Jesus, just pop your hands up. And I'm like, yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. All nine of my friends in that circle put up their hands. And I like, I didn't know what to do. So I just, hey, everyone stand up, everyone line up. And then I like led them through the sinner's prayer, like Jesus, I believe in you that you died on the cross and all that. And then I prayed for them. This girl starts crying. I just move on. Uh, and then I pray for the next person. And then this other girl pray, starts crying. I just move on again. And then I prayed for everyone and these girls are still crying. It's like 15 minutes later, they're still crying. I just left. So I didn't know. I was 17. Faith brings faith to life. Your faith will bring other people's faith to life. So my challenge is, will you bring faith to life? Maybe you don't have faith, but in hearing my story, you're like, wow, I feel like I need faith. I feel like I need that faith. I'd love to pray with you. If you all close your eyes and bow your heads. If you want faith in your life, if you want to believe in Jesus that He died on the cross for you, can I lead you in a short prayer right now? If this is you, all you need to do is just repeat the words that I say in a moment 
and we're just going to pray to God. That means talk to God, talk to Jesus. And Jesus will tell, He will come down and He'll help you. No matter what storm you're in, He's always there. So if you want to believe in Jesus for the very first time, or maybe you've walked away, maybe you've lost your faith and you're like, hey, I want to get my faith again. I had little faith. I had it, then it stopped. And now you're like, hey, I don't want little faith. I just want some small faith. I just want faith forever. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everyone close your eyes, bow your heads and repeat after me if this is you. Jesus, I thank you that you came down from heaven and you died on the cross for me for my sins, for my mistakes. And I believe that you rose again from the dead and you're in heaven right now. And I wanna welcome you into my heart. Wash all my sins away. Make me like you, because I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you did that for the first time, I just want to say that that's the best prayer. It's the best decision. It's the best thing you can ever do is be a person in the faith. Now, I just want to quickly stand to your feet, guys. We're going to pray. We're going to sing this song. And as we do, do we have a bit of time? You you guys don't finish at 8.30, do you? All right, sweet. As we sing this song, if you had little faith, like it was there and then it's gone and the doubt is in that space and you're like, hey, God, I want you to use me. I want to step out in faith. I want to bring faith to life because faith brings faith to life. If that's what you want to do, you want to see maybe a friend know Jesus. You want to do it. All of this isn't about doing something. It's actually about sharing what you've got, sharing God's love. So if that's you, you want to see faith brought to life. You, you want to see other people's faith brought to life. I want you to come down the front. I want you to start praying, start worshiping, start praying, God, use me. God, I want to do great things for you.